1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number
3: 76. Well, it finally happened. Uh, Traveling, work, and scheduling made it impossible to uh, record a hostful podcast this week. Uh, However, I am super excited uh, with the episode that we're putting up because uh, Jenny Jardine is a good friend of mine, one of the smartest people I know, and... uh, One of the overlords at Boing Boing. So uh, I'm glad that actually we were able to to finally get her on. Uh, We will resume with our Hustle podcast next week. Uh, In the meantime, here's a couple shows to look out for. April 15th through 17th, I'll be at the Irvine Improv Telling Jokes. Um, May 2nd, we're doing a Nerdist podcast live at Nerdist at Meltdown with Kevin Pereira. Um, May 6th, stand-up at the Varsity Theater in Minneapolis. May 20th, Littlefield in Brooklyn. Uh, June 4th, Showbox in Seattle, and then June 10th, The Magic Bag in Detroit. Information for all these shows are, of course, at Nerdist.com. If you're interested in joining our Node Warrior street team promotions uh, for any of these cities, just shoot an email over to warriors at nerdist.com and make the subject line be, Pick me in, and then you insert your city. It's just that simple. Also, huge thanks to Rolling Stone for making the Nerdist Podcast one of the top ten podcasts you should listen to. Um, I guess that's not even a humble brag. That's just kind of a brag brag. Uh, But we're all super excited about it, so uh, thank you very much to them, and and thanks to you for continuing to make us relevant. And now, here we go, Nerdist Podcast number 76 with Jenny Jardine.
4: Now entering Nerdist.com.
0: Personal audio.
1: <coughs> I always wanted to do that. Just hit the cough button <laughs> and then cough. <laughs> do you feel like you've achieved this? That was really something for me. I don't even.
3: This is very exciting. <laughs> um, we're, we're recording now. We're in. Uh, we're in a snazzy radio station esque facility. Here at uh, friggin' guys, uh, look! Chairs are, are going by. We're
1: in what could have been a no, snazzy corner office. <laughs> chairs going by is going by? <laughs> no, Shoot.
2: it's chairs.
0: They look the same. Chairs. Let's be honest. Really, what's the difference between chair and chair?
3: <laughs> They've both been rebuilt by <laughs> using a sophisticated uh, synthetic materials.
0: Chairs really do believe in life after love. They, they do.
3: After love, after love, after love, after love. Jenny! Jardine. Chris Hardwick. I am so thrilled that you are finally <laughs> on the podcast we met uh, years ago yeah. on the set of the yeah. wired science program.
2: That's exactly right. Through
3: our mutual friend Melanie Cornwell. We did. And uh, and it was a know, great show. You it did was a great fun. job on the Oh that thanks. Show. It was so much fun. I miss it. I miss it too.
2: It was like it was fun, but it was science and technology. It was high IQ fun.
3: <laughs> it really was. It was it yeah. was it was good nerd porn it the, was. the wired She's science. You like think they kind of just replaced it with Nova Science now. Did they? Well, you know when we did when we did Wired Science, PBS had not done
1: a new original series in like f- five years it's or true. something crazy like that. It's I feel true. Like you got replaced by Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> I think you say I think that
3: we, like it's a bad thing. It's <laughs> not a bad thing. <laughs> it's not a not bad thing at all. Yeah, that was a, that was such a fun show. We had so many great yeah. nerdy fight. Elon Musk was on the show, and uh,
1: uh, all sorts of. Uh, I I I I get to interview Craig Venter, which was incredible. And yes. I purchased those on iTunes. Mm-hmm. But the Wired Science Television shows. You did? I did. You were the guy. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> You were the. I would like my $6 back. <laughs> all right. But, well, let's just try
3: to get you paid for this podcast first, then I'll get you $6. Wait, wait, wait.
2: <laughs> we get paid? No,
3: uh, no, no. Please, no I hear that all the time. We don't. Ever. I,
2: I, I was just, you know, counting on the souvenir water. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, yeah we'll take it. the fun out. We'll, we sign, we'll sign your no, water. You're not supposed to open it. You
3: broke the seal. Oh, it's not worth anything anymore. <laughs> you broke the seal. <laughs> um,. So what have you uh what have you been up to lately? You seem like you travel a lot, Jenny. You Oh, did your <laughs> microphone uh is your microphone being weird? Yes. We just found the major drawback to the studio that the one microphone is just uh, just fails. Well, at I'm every hoping you pouring water all over the too.
2: controls will help that.
3: <laughs> Listen, guys, we're at the E building. You know, uh, it's these microphones just cannot keep up with the Kardashians. Okay, that's the problem with I'm these microphones. I'm going to
2: fondle my mic during the entire podcast. You might. Uh,
0: it. My my <laughs> mic s- keep it smells of sea It doesn't. Which is also the name of his cologne
3: Thank you, that's where we were going So
2: when I'm driving over here from the luxurious Boing Boing TV offices earlier today uh, I pass a billboard uh, With Eva Longoria And her signature perfume on it Yes. And I'm thinking Why is it that we want to smell like Celebrities Well, here's like, really, the... W- what's up with that? Like, why would I want to... I mean,
3: Eva Longoria Let, in particular. Let's start with the Paris Hilton fragrance, and then we'll work our <laughs> way up to Eva Longoria.
0: <laughs> I think it, I I would be more apt to try and see what it smelled like if it actually smelled like the celebrity. Right. It's like, that's the weird thing. It's Antonio
1: like... Antonio Banderas is called secret.
0: Like secrets. <laughs> cocaine
2: yeah. and burnt dreams. It's not yeah, called-
0: exactly. It's like, the thing is, it's like, this isn't what they smell like. This is like the thing they thought, like, you know, when the person at the perfume place was like, did you like this? Or like, yeah, put my name on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. with
3: Antonio Banderas... Vanderess, it should have been Nasenex, right? Nasal. They man. should. They should have combined. <laughs> they should have. Com- they should have put in a, a cologne that also uh, opens up your your nose That's very good. Uh, if His, you're uh, if you're having asthma.
1: Nasonex attack, and is, sex. Yes, <laughs> Nasal- Nasal sex His secret is how he still finds uh, Melody Griffith attractive. Come on, man! Oh, what no. are you doing over no, there? No.
3: The, the claws are out today, and this kitty needs to scratch.
0: <laughs> this it is it is proper conversation for the E building, though. Really. I, you yeah. know
3: what? It really. I is. feel like yeah.
0: my
2: IQ just dropped walking through oh. the threshold.
0: That's, yeah.
3: What, yeah, yeah. Now, that's what happens in the lobby. There's a which which looks very similar to the lobby that gets shut up in the Matrix. Um, there is a triangulation of devices that will inhibit your higher brain functions.
0: Toto were not car- an NPR anymore. <laughs> also, outside uh, was a they had a scene of from Demolition Man.
1: Yes, yeah. yes uh that built outside the
3: exterior. Oh here. yeah, that's right. It was Demolition Man. I think I think NPR uh, E would be a good mashup. Oh, the Kardashians today, or. Are- <laughs> Going for a shopping trip? Oh, look what Chloe's purchased, a new pair of shoes. Let's go home and talk to the robot that uh, looks like someone tried to build a <laughs> Bruce Jenner look-alike.
2: Good evening, I'm Linda Wertheimer, and today, <laughs> the dying language of Paris Hilton, followed by Peaches, with Ryan Seacrest.
0: <laughs> I'm Alyssa Monpoor coming up next we see the celebrities at their worst look at that
3: bag today we are wild on ibiza
0: (laughs) with robert siegel
3: (laughs) i think i think i think the npre mashup needs to happen morning
0: becomes hungover
3: yes yes oh i love it i love it This is exactly the kind of stuff, boy, if only you had a website that would aggregate some of the best things on the internet. <laughs> and uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about Boing Boing because Boing Boing, Boing, Boing is probably, uh, I mean, Boing Boing has been for years a go-to uh, name, a staple People of, do of, go to it. of web culture. and And I think, you know, I think you guys essentially helped really drive this idea of, sharing and aggregation and 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 you know the nerd community i mean you guys you were on the forefront of that uh so how did that how did it all come about and how you know were were you involved from day 1 and and how 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 did that play out
2: uh boing boing actually began as a print zine in the 80s i was not involved then uh but Mark Frauenfelder and his wife Carla Sinclair, who were Wired alums, they were involved in the in the early days of the print magazine. Mm-hmm. They uh, they just did this crazy zine about nerd culture before people even said nerd culture, you know, yeah. back when it was like cyberpunk. And it, it's funny though, like going back to the early issues of the zine, it was sort of poorly printed, uh, you know, with Bruce Sterling and, and weird crap from William Gibson and, and little stuff where you could mail away a self, self-addressed, uh, stamped envelope and get back like secrets of teleportation. <sighs> it just, like the ads are actually not that different from the ads we run now. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, great. And, but, and, and, and like the content is not that different. Um, it, it's so cool looking through those. But at any rate, eventually, the zine became a website in two thousand when the, the cost of, of printing the zine became prohibitive for them. I joined. I think it was like two thousand two, two thousand three, as a guest blogger, mm-hmm. and they just never kicked me off. And you know, I should say too, like back then in the early days you know both with with the zine and then also with the early days of the website this it really was a labor of love and when boing boing first experienced its first burst of popularity and the and the server went crazy and we had like a a, a crappy hosting deal where you you know, we're overcharged exorbitantly when you hit that cap of yes of, of traffic. It's Like an at data plan. It, like an at data plan. I, I remember there was one month where, we, like, we had to pay a thousand bucks out of pocket, each of us, to keep the site going. And, and we would all have to, like, pass around the hat every month to keep Boing Boing alive. So we actually paid to produce Boing Boing uh, for, for some time. And then we reached out to uh, uh, our friend John Battelle, another guy from the early days of Wired, and said, do you think you could sell a few ads just to offset the hosting costs, maybe then we could keep doing this thing that we love. And it turned out that there was enough money out there eventually for for that to become the center of our lives in some ways.
3: Now was that when Justin Timberlake came in and said, you need to drop the the on the boing boing. (laughs)
0: Uh, And then there was a crazy montage of you guys getting blowjobs in bathrooms. Yes, I figured that's what it was. The name Boing Boing came from all the sex they were getting.
3: Tons of internet all the, sex. All the
0: sex. I,
2: you you know, know, people, know, people always try to figure out where the name Boing Boing came from. And there, some of the most popular theories include um, th- there was a, a cartoon character, I guess, in like the, the 50s or Gerald something. Gerald McBoing. Gerald Boing Boing. Boing. Uh, And then there's also a, uh, this is true, a porn star in Brazil named Sabrina Boing Boing. Google it. Wow! With gigantic gazongas. Yeah, well, you would have
3: to if that's your if that's your surname.
2: Indeed, and the truth is, at least the truth as told by Mark Frauenfelder, is that it's the sound that a happy mutant makes, uh, <laughs> hopping through the world on uh, a pogo stick.
3: That's ah. that boing
2: boing boing boinging through the world and finding interesting and wonderful and disturbing and creepy interesting and real things. I
3: I, I love I love the thing that you said before about you know they were they were they were reporting on nerd culture before nerd culture was really mm. a thing that people even said because I get asked that all the time they're like well you know there's I had a big nerd geek debate with Chris Anderson mm-hmm. uh, from Wired and and I said look. N- n- it- we didn't we didn't label ourselves really until the movie Revenge of the Nerds came out, mm-hmm. and th- that word was in our regional vernacular. We didn't we didn't really use the word geek back then. There was no ironic nerd. There was no hipster nerd it just you were just into things mm-hmm. that were not what the popular kids were into <laughs> even
2: irony and, and and hipster hipster were uh, bohemians and irony was i don't know baudelaire
3: we didn't have irony back we didn't I, irony didn't really hit our culture until sometime in the mid 90s mm-hmm. then we started then we started getting ironic about like Oh, remember how bad this thing was? Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome if we did this bad thing all the time? That's when pop
0: hurr. That's when pop culture started folding in on itself and just becoming mm. this little mass of just references.
3: It's gonna it's gonna burn out though. Pat Oswalt wrote a great article in the we both had a You didn't like it? You know what? I
0: I it, to me I read it and I uh, it had a lot of good points. His uh, his whole article about the, about the how geek culture needs to die. Mm. Um, and to me, it sounds like an old man angry that all the stuff he liked as a kid is now in the mainstream. (laughs) What he doesn't understand is that there is new stuff being born every day that he doesn't know about that other kids do and the younger people do. And, and it's, it's not, it's, it doesn't need to die. It like Mm -hmm. his is dead. Maybe his is dead and needs to die. But there is another geek culture. It will always be,
3: you know, the underground culture. Well, he does not he's, you know, maybe he spent too much time in that French kitchen. I thought yeah, Ratatouille right yeah. was a documentary. Yeah, exactly
0: when um, he was turned into, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I think it's a, I, I don't think it needs to. Die. I think, uh, I think the the geek culture he's talking about, he's talking about, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, and yeah. you know, um, you know, late '80s, early '90s indie rock and stuff like that. It's a, it's a, yeah, enough time has passed to where that is the mainstream. But what about the stuff that was born in, like, you know, in the past decade?
3: You know, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I guess what I took out of it was uh something that i agree with which there's is, there's is so much of our entertainment culture right now is basically just mashing up, rehashing, remixing, remaking, retooling old stuff that it just feels like hey, wh- what if we just started writing original things instead of having to go to uh hey, let's uh let's do this uh NPR E mashup. Yeah, you know they—they they, already they, did it. God damn it! Yeah, and like
0: all the uh, all the things they make, where it's just a bunch of movie parts all in a in hmm. a row. And they finally gave that name too. They're calling them supercuts now, hmm. where they just like you know every time. Character- Got to be the hair. <laughs> And then there's a uh, you know fantastic Sam's where they just a bunch of awesome sandwiches in a row.
3: You know, can I tell you a little story? Once, one time I was in the valley and I was going to a. Um... <laughs> there's a guy
2: looking in the window, don't, don't look
3: checking it. you He's out. Buddy. He
0: is checking you
3: just out,
2: checking out buddy. your ass, Chris.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah. He hey, is that machete? Us. That's machete. He done fucked with the wrong Mexican. Yeah. He don't text. <laughs> he, he don't. He don't. I was I was going to a, uh, I was going to um, uh, this to get some food in the valley in this little plaza. And there's a Supercuts there. And uh, there was a – as I walked by the window, I looked at Supercuts and I could see my reflection. And in my reflection, I saw the word Supercuts. And then just jokingly, I just went – I looked at myself and nodded and went, got to be the hair. Then <laughs> then I uh, noticed that there were people inside watching and people walking by. And I couldn't – like <laughs> when you do something like that, how do you explain to a crowd of people like – I? It, I was just... I was tweeting in my brain. Yeah. No, you don't understand. I was, I was being ironic mm. that we didn't learn until yeah, the 90s. Yeah, you had to be there in my brain when I said that. <laughs> I think there were, there were a handful of people that were like, I think that guy is, thinks his hair is the root of whatever minor success he might have in this life. <laughs> it's got to be the hair. It's got to be. You always have great hair. The last time I saw you, your hair was a lot shorter, but yeah, it's awesome.
4: It
2: grew.
3: I love I love it. Wait, I don't understand. So you don't, you don't just get one length forever?
2: Well, in the earlier Nexus Six models, this was the case. <laughs> but your... I I returned to the the Tyrell Labs recently, and uh-huh. they, they upgraded the hair.
3: They did. Well, they you did. you must only have uh... wow. You must you mustn't have that much time. What do you get? Three years?
2: I've got about six years left. You do? Yeah. <sighs>
3: Maybe I should do the voight Kampf test on myself. I might be a replicant.
2: It's too bad you can't live forever, but then
3: who Who does?
2: does? (sighs) This whole podcast is a voight Kampf text to see if you're funny (laughs) or a lesbian.
3: (laughs) That's a game show.
2: Funny or lesbian.
3: (laughs) That's a website. Funny or lesbian.
0: Like Facemash. I like how that's like they have to be mutually exclusive.
3: Yeah. <laughs> a, well, she can't
0: be funny. She's a lesbian. I No,
3: she can't be a lesbian. She's funny. Whoa. Whoa, that
0: seems weird. The that debate for funny. the
3: ages, Chris. I know. The debate for the ages. What was, your, what was your nerd landscape like when you were growing up?
2: My father was a Trekkie. Nice. He uh, built his own 3D cameras. He mixed his own paints. He was a painter. And uh, he, yeah, he painted nude women. My house was filled with nude women as a child.
3: Nice. And they were modeling at your house or he just... They were
2: modeling at my house, yes. Wow. He painted photorealistic nudes. We were isolated because we're in sort of a a conservative community that had no idea what the fuck was going on in our house. (laughs) But, but, you know, and they were like nude women frolicking around in the yard and he's painting them. And as a result, uh, I, I think, you know, my family... It was like we had this, this nude women bubble around us. And I spent a lot of time reading books and uh, tinkering with machines and playing with unicorns. That's fantastic.
3: Did you, did you go to a regular school or were you homeschooled? Or
2: um, I went to a regular school and had uh, turbulent teen years and ended up out here on the West Coast uh, going to art school for a year and then uh, flunking out. And, well not not flunking out, but but dropping out, and wanting very, very badly to be a journalist and to learn about computers and to do art all at the same time, and everybody was telling me as a teenager that you you can 't do all those things at the same time it 's like you you can either write or you can fuck around with code or mm-hmm. you can paint, but you can 't do all three, and it 's beautiful how the future works because now, now like that 's what boing Boing is kind of
3: well i think i and i I think the new model of I think the new creative model is you kind of need to do all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you? you, you, you it, it's good to diversify and it's mm-hmm. good to, you know, I'm going to code nude women. <laughs> <Like> you, can, <laughs> you can just combine all those things.
2: I'm going to write about my ASCII portraits of <laughs> naked ladies.
3: I have been trying for the longest time to, do, to make good ASCII pictures and I just... I always just revert to like, eh, I'll just process it on a website. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, no, I'm no good at it.
2: The hand coded ones are always more beautiful than the ones you run through the ASCII generators. <laughs> I
3: know, I know, it's true, it's true. But yeah, I just—it's
2: hard to get the serifs right.
3: It's imp- it's it's a it is an art. Like yes. it is, you could just spend a lot of your time learning how to just do that. It is, and then it would be fine. I mean, it's basically because I want to try to come up with as many. Um, Creative ways to text wieners to my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, so,
2: who's wieners?
3: M- whatever. <laughs> I want her to see what's out there.
2: Hmm.
3: You need to see what's out there. Yes, these are some other text wieners uh, <laughs> that you need to see.
2: That's a good put down to call someone a text wiener.
3: <laughs> You're a text that's, that's wiener. Like
2: today, I was talking with my friends on the internet about the um, the Russian hash smoking hippies that swing babies by their ankles. Yes, and my friend said, "I'm going to try." To work in that phrase uh, to conversation today, like that's more fun, or that's that's more uh, disorienting than swinging a baby by his ankles in an Egyptian hash town. <laughs>
1: Sometimes we try to work in weird words into genius bar appointments when we're. So you're just out in the open about what you do now. Whatever. Okay. Don't care.
3: Don't judge. You used to say like, "Well, maybe I shouldn't yeah, mention that." Whatever.
1: You know. Okay. Whatever. But we would just try to work in. We'd give each other words like Tyrannosaurus. Or things that shouldn't be, like, or chips from Star Trek. Yes. We used
2: or to do the, that on NPR when I was a regular contributor.
1: Used to used to... De- note,
2: <laughs> note the use of past tense. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah, what happened? <laughs> oh, well, the show that I uh, was a weekly contributor to was was Sacked, mm-hmm. and it's it, there's a diaspora, and many of the producers and correspondents and hosts have now moved on to other shows. One of them, Madeline Brand, now has a great... Uh, Show here on on KPCC, uh, the Madeline Brand Show, and um, I'm doing regular stuff for them, sort of now.
3: That's cool. Yeah, it's fun. You got I, a great, like, got a great voice. Oh, thanks. I, I enjoy, I enjoy your voice. But,
2: but you know how it, it's, it's like it's fun and it's neat when people that you really, really enjoyed working with in one venue uh, find their way to another venue and there's a chance to reconnect again. Yeah, I, I love that.
3: Well, and also just the fact that so many, you know, so much of. Uh, entertainment news, all the things that are out there are are so complementary. they are to to each other. and but you can still have different experiences, whether you're listening to an NPR show or yeah. or, or watching Boing Boing TV yeah. or listening to a podcast or whatever. like everything can really kind of fit together nicely and They're, not cannibalize everything and, else
2: and, and things it seems like things are more porous these days. you know, somebody who has a TV show, somebody who has a website, somebody who has a radio show. It's like stories can exist in these different mediums media mm-hmm. uh simultaneously and in different ways and, and we like have different conversations in each of those i dig it i, I like my life
3: and where do you where, like where do you think where do you think everything's going do you think we're gonna do you think google tv is gonna change because we were talking about mm-hmm. about this to kevin pollack and you know who does his yep. video his video pod video podcast and it's a great show it's a great show really great show but if you you know if, if your google tv can pull in uh web videos, those are basically just TV shows at that mm-hmm. point. do you do you agree with that, or do you still think that there's that there is a, a line of demarcation because TV has a little bit more of a a little bit more of a royal f- T- TV looks down on the internet the sure. way film looks down on TV
2: yeah, yeah, um it, look, only only a fool tries to forecast uh, the future, and i I will attempt not to be a fool, but I, I think just as. I don't know, like five years ago or so, I, I thought that like the pinnacle of my career would be to get a job on a cable news show, right? Mm-hmm. That, that maybe Boing Boing and the trajectory of everything I did online was, was reaching up to that. And, you know, somewhere along the line, I realized that uh, like not only might we have more views on Boing Boing in a given day than, than a, any number of TV shows, but that this is my home and it's legit and it's fine. And like cable news is great. But this the sort of sense of legitimacy and power and pride that is afforded to one medium uh, doesn't doesn't necessarily always last.
3: And truthfully, you're probably getting more unique eyes on your content on Boing Boing. Than, it's all about the eyeballs. Than, than most television uh, than most television shows. It's
2: all about the eyeballs, baby.
3: It really is about the eyeballs. You so you you set out and launched Boing Boing TV.
2: Uh, yeah. So with my uh, partners, uh, Mark Fraunfelder, David Peskovitz, uh, Corey Doctorow. Uh, it
3: was just you when I just, like, cut everyone else well, out.
2: no, I mean, like, I... I <laughs> so every new project that we do at Boing Boing, like, somebody has to own it. Yeah. So I ended up owning the video project as as the person who has to get up every day and, you know, nurse the baby and mm-hmm. put it to bed at night. But w- we all contributed, and, and we all continue to contribute. So it, it began as a five-day-a-week thing, a five-episode-a-week thing, and I... Like it's hard to do that. It's really hard to do that on the internet when you don't have a big staff and and you know buildings and assistants and people washing your car. Yeah, we didn't have that.
3: It's like watching a, it's like watching a cooking show. Like yes, of course your cooking show is easy because you have four chefs yes. that are preparing and putting everything into little dishes and setting it out before you. So your final process, your final. Your final product is it was a breeze because you, yes. you you just you just came in at the end after and your the word and I, your counters are clean, spotless. Yes. Yeah,
2: but I have news for the world: DIY is hard.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard, it, and it's especially hard consistently. I mean, yes. that's that's one that's one thing that you know, like we've we've struggled with that with this show. It's like we you know, it's it's a DIY project. And we do it, and that's it. And Except for
2: the person running around cleaning the uh, the tables here.
3: They're cleaning the tables, yes. yeah. Well, yeah, that was that, the, no, the cutting the, carrots, yeah, and the yes. onions. Yeah, we try to stay away from the onions. We get all teary. <laughs> yeah, they I'm make, getting
2: teary. That's now. That's only
3: because they make me sad. An onion killed my grandfather. Whoa.
2: So, so we we move from doing a five episode a week thing to what we do now, which is more, uh, you know, intermittent, and when we feel when we really feel like something has to be done. So we'll do like a few episodes a month and we have this, uh, if you fly Virgin America, you can watch Boing Boing video for your whole flight, it's like we're, they stuck us on Virgin America as if we were a real TV network. We're in between, you know, CNN and, and Fox.
3: I, I I quite enjoy Virgin America, and they're not paying me anything, and I'm not <laughs> getting anything from them.
2: They're not paying us either. But I uh, say. But,
3: but, but, I, but I love uh, but I I love flying Virgin America. It's yeah. just it's just a nice experience. Yeah, it is.
0: Uh, but like Boing Boing is as legitimate as an actual TV, uh, another TV uh, station that's on um, Virgin America, which is current yes. TV. Yes, you know, it's it's like it's like most. Any time anyone ever sees current t v yeah. uh you know I, I worked on a bunch of shows on that on that you know network, and the only time anyone ever saw it was when they were on a virgin america flight and really? I mean yeah, and so it's like if you 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 know have that in your head, then yeah. all of a sudden Boing boing t v yeah. is as legitimate as a broadcast station
2: yeah it's a blast putting it together too, so like um every month you know i'll, I'll work with my my colleagues and and some other people that I reach out to for for input, we just put together you know, like a two- or three-hour playlist of stuff that we've produced. So, you know, interviews with the Mighty Bush or flying in zero gravity with an astronaut or going to the bottom of the sea with some scientist. We mix that in with, like, crazy, interesting animations, music videos, short films. And, and some of that, what I love about it is that some of it is stuff that you could never get somebody to sit still long enough to watch on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, one month we ran uh, the entire... Like hour-long Decemberists uh, animated video, here come the wave, the hazards of love. It was like their their album visualized as this trippy psychedelic animated film. Mm -hmm. You could never do that on the internet, but when you have a captive audience, literally captive on a plane, thirty thousand feet above, (laughs) you can, and and they dig it. That's great. So and and and, and like we also, uh, it's not a money-making thing for us right now. We've just um, treated it like an experiment. And the ads that we run, I can just, you know, reach out to small arts organizations or nonprofits. So it's like, let's do an ad for WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. Let's have an ad for the ACLU or the EFF. We can and do
3: and it. you guys, it, and do they pay you for that or you just run it because you guys want to?
2: You know, up till now, it's just been uh, an experiment. And I, I like the, the, the beautiful freedom of Boing Boing is that we, uh, we're we a small and nimble enough organization that we can experiment with things uh, up to a point without having to worry about if it's going to turn a profit. So yeah. this is one of those things where we, we sort of do it for the lulls. And uh, maybe eventually it will.
3: I And I totally understand that. And and I, and I feel like especially, you know, so much of that, so much of the stuff is like, well, I do want, it, I want to commercialize it, but just, you know, at least just to the extent where we can just keep yeah. the lights on. Mm-hmm. As long as we can keep the lights on and we can keep putting information out there, you know, everything will be like, it, it's fine. We don't need to make... Gazillions of dollars uh from the You have a cough button now, Jonah. Oh yeah, I can We we have professional microphones. I, I can just,
0: just use mine. I'll just hold it in my sneeze so it destroys my nasal <laughs>
3: why, <laughs> why are your eyes bleeding? And I'm
0: <laughs> keep on talking about tech
3: <laughs> Matthew, go, you're in the number two spot.
1: Oh uh. <laughs> <laughs> You've been training for this. <laughs> yes, it was only a matter of time. Get I'll surly. His eyes uh, bleed out. <laughs> I will grow angrier.
2: <laughs> Wait, let me Instagram that,
3: <laughs> Well, uh, you. Uh, one of the things that I love about you is uh, you. You really do just pursue the things that really interest you. It's you, true, and genuinely. Like it's I, true. I, I follow you on Twitter, uh, and. You uh, you travel quite a, quite a bit. Uh, you went to. Were you in Africa last year?
2: Yes, uh, and I will probably return this year. I do a lot of international travel to obscure places. Uh, I'm, I'm working on a book. I'm working on some other things that uh, that this you know is part of. But but like the beautiful thing about a life where boing boing is the center is that whatever interesting stuff you explore out in the world sort of folds back into that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm in Benin, a, a country in West Africa between Togo and Nigeria. None uh, of those things exist. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like having some interesting and heavy experiences, exploring stuff that might not be native to boing boing. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, we're driving down this highway in like the Northern, uh, highlands of, of Benin, and I see a coffin lashed to the back of a pickup truck that's in the shape of an Incredible Hulk lunchbox. Oh
4: what? my god!
2: And uh, and what? like so in in West Africa, I think particularly in Benin and Nigeria and, and, and Ghana, uh, it's a sort of a, of that a tradition <laughs> that when you die, you can hire a sculptor to carve and paint a coffin. In the image of that which you loved most or that which you did most. So, Chris Hardwick, yours might be, you know, a microphone,
0: a camera, an iPad, perchance.
3: It could be. It could be any one of those oh, things. Oh,
0: yeah. Wasn't there um, somewhere in South or America? A St- or a Steve
3: Martin with an arrow through the head. That would probably be my car. <laughs> there
0: was someone in South America that uh, died uh, on a, in a motorcycle accident. And then he, um, in his will, he wanted to be uh, basically stuffed mm. uh, in his form on... To his motorcycle. That was Puerto Rico. Is that Puerto Rico? Yeah,
1: that same funeral home. They did another guy standing up. Very odd stuff that you can't really. Oh, sorry, that you can't really do in America. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah. Matt, laws. Matt used to work at a funeral home, so he knows yeah. all the funeral home. <laughs> he knows you. all the funeral home biz. So they
0: do they stuff them? Do they use the, the technology from Body Works?
3: That's the, plas- oh, the That's plastination. 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 Boy, by the way, in Vegas they have the knockoff of Body Worlds. Really. Which you just know are like ugh, these are people that just that just like died behind Caesar's and they just, <laughs> and they just cut them open. Body Wally Worlds.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Body Wally Worlds is closed. Look, dead moose out front should have told you. The nervous system
0: of a moose outside should have told you.
1: <laughs> Body Works is weird. That was, I was that was very off putting to me. Body Worlds is the is the worlds. legit one. Body Works is Body, the. You know.
3: All right, and I'm, I can't. I'm not going to be. I don't mean to be slanderous. I I'm I, I'm sure it's a very professional operation at Body Works in Las Vegas, but it just feels a little more like no. ugh, something about the the context of Las Vegas with you know, exploded
1: muscular systems. Well, no, I mean like I had just like there'd been uh there was a autopsy person that we had embalmed the day before. An autopsy person. Wait, the person you actually who had been autopsied.
2: You actually worked Those at are, a funeral. He home really for did. Deal?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I no, thought that I was, was a
3: gag. No, no. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no and then when no. he goes when he goes home to Boston, like on the holidays, he goes in and helps
1: out. Are so kidding kidding? I bring my no. suit just in yeah. case they need me to suit up and help Whoa. out. So, but anyway, no. Like they like that's as pretty as as gnarly as it gets when you have uh, uh, either an organ donor or someone who had had an autopsy. Mm. So, like, yeah, got the chest cavity with a bag of organs in it. Whatever. And that's fine. The like next a day I, with went to giblets. The, yeah. I went to the museum of science the next day to see the touring body world thing and I was nauseous the whole time. Something about the plasticine people made me nauseous but real.
0: Really, you've real seen bodies fall apart?
1: Yes. You have been standing you've
0: been standing in people goo. Yeah. <laughs> and yet plastic versions of people? Well, it's not plastic versions. it's real people. Well, no, they've been plasticized, well, so it's sure. a plastic person. Okay. Do you think
2: maybe but it's it because odd. you're in You're in your work mode. You're in your work brain when you're working. I don't know. And you were just relaxed with your defenses
4: down
1: to me for some reason. It was like, ugh, I felt
3: gross. Well, because there are things that you really shouldn't do with the human body. Like you
1: really shouldn't. You you shouldn't fillet me and put me on a filleted horse. Exactly. Like that that
3: thing. uh, You shouldn't have an exploded giraffe. I mean, it's interesting.
2: Can I reveal too much about myself? Please, please. I once went on a first date to Body Worlds. Really.
0: How did it go? It actually went really well. Did it get weird with the, like the n- big naked dude? Yes. Part. Yes. Or did, did it get,
3: get 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 weird with like the like uh, naked naked ladies with no skin and the guy's like, I'd like to do that to you. What? Yeah. Which, which <laughs> part? This date is over. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is really like there's that one part, though, where it's really dark and it's just the nervous systems that kind of just that's my favorite part.
2: I'm having PTSD right now.
0: (laughs) But, that you know, it's like in that room, it's really dark and just the the red glowing nervous system and it's really cold in that room. Mm. That's romantic.
3: Hmm. The, the, the veins and the
0: arteries yeah, and the, yeah that part not the you know, flesh part but just the, the I am yeah. so turned
2: on right now <laughs> I
3: love that at the end of it they have that sign up sheet to donate your fucking body no yeah. definitely not you know what they so, do to was, the guy who looks like the German du- guy from yes. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark yep. yeah yeah. Yes, I know you. I'm going to donate that my body. I
0: know you will. <laughs> right this way. Um, I'm surprised beautiful. there hasn't been a, a horror movie that has been based around that exhibit. You know. What if there were
2: like a human centipede in his exhibit? Wouldn't that be great?
3: That'd be. Great. You know, he's got that shit in his private collection. You know, he's got that shit in a his first basement. First date with
2: him. Yes. How would that be?
3: Uh, oh my god. So what mm. do you Your do? Your skin is very <laughs> elastic. It's what? Uh, yeah. I'm a doctor. <laughs> I always just, I was just wonder, like, because you know, I feel like at the time I went to Body Worlds, there were there were people who who, who were just staring far too long at the the opened vaginas, and mm-hmm. they weren't twelve. No, no, <laughs> like, oh, that's what that shit looks like in there. Like, it just seems, it was just, it was just like a slightly off putting. Like, just just what you guys. say every
0: time, that that's him? what that's like.
3: That's is what that's he like?
1: Isn't Doesn't he go to a Body Worlds exhibit in Casino Royale? Doesn't he? do Does that? he? Yeah, right. Oh, I can't remember okay. now. Okay. It's been it's, so it's I like, can't remember Quantum of Solace. That movie is completely forgettable and walking, it bums me out. I don't remember a of that Body at
2: all. Worlds yeah. is like a stroll through B. <laughs> 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 like there's beautiful things there, but it's kind of fucked up.
3: It's a little it's a, to, like it, to get to that place was yeah. a little was a little fucked up.
0: Yeah, you don't want to know who they
3: were. I don't like it when they're
0: just like this was an athlete. I don't want to know what he did.
3: This guy's favorite food was tacos. Yeah. Ah, that's too personal. Yeah, exactly. I don't like the Somebody idea. <laughs> what is this like? I
0: mean, is there like the family members? Do they know where they are? Which ones? It's like, it's like let's go, let's go check out dad. And then they go and there's just naked. No, dad. I
3: don't think they. I don't think they know. Yeah,
0: you are cordially
3: invited to see <laughs> your your father on yeah. display. Is it awake? Sort of,
1: sort of awake.
3: <laughs> I remember when I uh, when I was when I was in college and I took a kinesiology class and then you know we had to we had to identify and and toy around with sected limbs and uh, and and when you're looking at just exposed uh, musculature it doesn't really it doesn't it it didn't register to me like this is people but it wasn't until you would see where they had cut around the tips of the fingers and you just saw a little bit of fingernail and just a little bit of the mm. fingernail skin and the fingerprint that mm. was the stuff where you were like ah. Uh, I I don't feel good. That's 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 when that happens. <laughs> and then I took a girl to it on a date. That's not um, true. But Janet and I did go. Janet and I went to Body Worlds. She. Oh really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean,
3: do you does gross stuff then we and gore fucked behind the horse. <laughs> I, I, it was so hot.
2: I can't go to horror movies. I. Have, oh really? Um, I have like my brain has a gag reflex.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Know. I
2: hate gore and horror and uh, even like if you d- talk to me about. Having a splinter,
0: is that no good?
2: Yeah, blood, I'm super naked. squeamish.
0: Yeah, blood and even just a yeah,
2: st- like it's sort of it's a stub toe. I can't handle a stub toe, and I can handle blood under some circumstances. But going through, uh, I, I, I really can't watch horror
3: movies. What about a thriller like Fatal Attraction?
0: Okay, that one's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, there's sex in that. Where's the where is the correlation between the two? Well, are, it's a it's, it's a different. kind of a horror movie. It's no, but it's, it, no, if, but if it's suspense. Some,
2: like, body brutality going on.
0: Yeah, so you can't watch like a zombie movie. You can't watch It's uh, A
2: funny zombie movie, yeah. None
3: of, <laughs> no, none of the Saw movies. No, 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 no. Never. Lord ever, of ever. Illusions.
2: I haven't seen it yet. Faces okay.
3: of Death. No. Well, those those <laughs> are. <laughs> Faces of, de- yeah. faces of death was the internet before the internet.
2: yeah no,
3: it's true. It, it, was, was, it was, was it was Rotten.com before it, Rotten it, Yeah, Rotten.com oh, was the worst. Right. Yeah, I can't ever go I on there I used to ever use again. that. Um,
0: yeah. this is to reveal too much about myself, which mm. I've done too much in the past. Mm. Um Ron.com was I used that site to um you know, when you're an adolescent kid growing up, uh, you get a lot of uh like boners um, just out of nowhere for no real particular reason. And <laughs> right, it, Jenny? And you have
3: and you know, Who's you, with me? You have to deal with it. Funny, to... funny or lesbian?
0: <laughs> no, but it's something. It's something you have to deal with as an adolescent boy in school. And then, like, when you're watching the you know the clock count down to the end of class, and it's still there. I um, used Rotten .dot com images that I stored in my brain as ways to try and uh, stop the erection. It's like before. a guided
2: meditation.
0: It was. Stop it really was. It was like you know. <laughs> It was, it, was, it was a tool that I used. It was a horrible <laughs> it, it, site. It
2: could be a, like a tagline. Rotten.com. We stopped the erection.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, boners. Rotten.com. <laughs> Don't get
0: lost. Don't get lost in that matrix or you will never get one again. Yeah,
4: but
3: what like- if what if the boner got more intense? Would that have... Uh, <laughs> that would have been... Sort of, like I your, found all kinds of new things that's like, your, that's like your dog coming joke that you told. On the, uh, <laughs> oh. on the, what uh, if that
0: was the thing? Yeah. Jonah
3: had a joke that he told. We did a stand-up-only special where it was just all comedy and... Jonah told a story about. Uh, oh, it's even gross to retell it. Yeah, it's it's a gross thing. Most of the stuff was gross. Can you uh, see my grimace? Yeah,
2: no. It just jo- um,
0: Jonah was having
3: my a mom- jo- Jonah was having a pleasure moment alone, and some dog puppies ran in. Like all my three dogs ran right, in. right at the right, right at the exact moment of. Uh, Completion, yeah. and he had to kick them away as that was happening. And then he had this moment where he was like, "Now, what if I? What's what if that's how I found out? Like, that's how fetishes are born. What if that's, You know, like,
0: yeah, like what if? Uh, what if just a, a, an accident that happened when you were having sex or when you're you know pleasuring yourself? What if like? And then you're like, oh, oh,
3: <laughs> <That's> oh, how- <laughs> no, really? Me? Did you ever see? Did you ever see the stuff that um, that Matt uh, uh, Matt Matt Stone and Trey Parker did the 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 series of shorts Princess?
4: No. No. <laughs> They're
3: pretty funny I've never up. seen it. They're online. It's basically yeah. it's about this little shih tzu, I guess, named Princess.
2: Shih Tzu's already funny.
3: True. <laughs> but then of course the rest of the thing has nothing to do with the dog. So I don't want to spoil it, but uh it's it as, as Don't
2: spoil dogs and sex for us. No, Chris. no, no. I don't want to take that
3: away from anyone. I don't <laughs> oh, wanna precious I don't wanna regift that. But uh yeah, it's called Princess and it's it's just dis- it's way more disturbing than stuff. From South Park, and uh, I, I always thought it was awesome. Yeah.
0: Princess, princess, <laughs> that's, a, that's a theme song. Is it online?
3: Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, I gotta see that. Yeah, but there's a there's a part where something happens that makes the guy ejaculate really hard, and it's a <laughs> it's just, ah, I just don't want to spoil. So, it. I was at a
2: dinner party last night with hackers and uh, a well known uh, animator and animated film director, and and towards the end of the night. Uh, the film director, was sharing with us something that he found funny that day. And the thing that he found funny was an animated film, like an animated short that has never seen the light of day, that's just in circulation among animators that was all about sex. It was like this dirty, funny sex animation where like eight different directors or animators each contributed parts to it. And then and then a, a well-known um, uh, uh, man who does scores for films did this funny soundtrack that Hans was Zimmer. all like it actually wasn't Hans Zimmer but that would have been funnier. But, but it was all like icky, squishy sex uh-huh. sounds and, and then like groaning women and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the way that the story was retold made it so funny.
3: Was it and, Brad Bird?
2: No. He may, he may have was been involved.
0: I, 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 I just think animation and sex. I think John K being a but, weirdo. But so
2: apparently this, one of the other people at the party said, this has got to be online. I'm going to Google the title now. And he said, nope, nope, nope. But it exists, and it's on a USB thumb drive That's somewhere. That's the
3: holy. That, that is, that is wow. the holy grail, it's like, it's right like there. The,
2: the, the fact that some fantastic things, digital things, even this is a digital thing, exist, but not online.
3: It's we can it, like we're at a point where we can barely even fathom that something isn't online. Like someone, yeah. someone asked me recently, like. Oh, where can I see old Shipmates episodes, which was a silly mm-hmm. dating show I hosted? And I'm like, I don't know. And they go, well, It's online, right? And I go, No, nope, I don't think it is. Yeah. And they could not process the idea that there was something that happened in our culture that was not buried online somewhere.
2: Not even on a BitTorrent hub in Romania.
3: Not even there. Not even there. Are you
0: sure about that?
3: No. <laughs> I'm not sure. But I want to see, now I want to see this animated thing that's circulating.
2: If. I can obtain a copy. I can promise you that it will either be on the Romanian BitTorrent Hub or it will be on Boing, boing.
3: Will our faces melt? It's beautiful. Oh, keep your eyes shut! <laughs> <laughs> I'm fixated on Raiders today for some reason. Mm. Um, and uh, how do we uh, how mm-hmm. do we acquire this uh, gorgeous piece of I'm I don't, surprised.
2: I don't know, I'm going to as soon as I can get the hell out of here, I'm going to go start working. Are you going are yet. you going
3: to boing boing it or are you going to keep it you're going to keep it private?
2: I try to respect uh, people's requests for how widely they want something distributed. So if I had permission, I'd absolutely uh, throw it up on Boing Boing. But, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. The reactions that happen to things and to people and ideas on Boing Boing are not always positive. There's, there's one friend of ours who's always finding and doing interesting things. We published this hilarious thing he did. He, he made a business card it was just the, the drollest, funniest business card that ever did happen. And we did a post and the comments that were like 500 comments about how much he sucked and the idea sucked <laughs> and the business card sucked. <laughs> and that very day he wrote us and he's like, he's a personal friend of, a, of some of ours. He said, please don't ever mention me on Boing Boing ever again. Oh. I love you, but I don't, I don't need that in my life. Yeah, yeah. And there's some days honestly where I feel like that too.
3: Well, you I mean because you guys, you you guys were pulling in, like you said, nerd culture before it was really a thing. So you've really seen, you've you've probably been, uh, you've you've been you've been uh, party to nerd rage mm. more than most people in comment threads. And I remember when I came and checked out your facility probably like three or four years ago, mm. and you were telling me about the scrambler you had for comments. Like if, if uh, Yeah, yeah, peop-
2: yeah, disembowel. If, yes. disembowel, yeah. Uh, Teresa Nielsen Hayden, who was our comment moderator for some time, invented this idea of disemboweling. So if you're in a comment thread and somebody said, uh, Chris Hardwick is a big stupid weenie and I'm going to fuck his mom.
3: Yeah. You could, uh, probably the nicest thing that's been said about uh, me on a comment you, thread. You, you, and you me, can fuck my mom if you want.
2: The moderator of that thread we built a tool so that you could just hit a button and all the vowels would be removed from that post. So the fact that this person said something in the thread would still be preserved, mm-hmm. that it would, would, which at the time people felt like it was a sort of important thing for free speech and censorship and yada yada. Not that I actually care. <laughs> but, but the emotional sting would be removed mm-hmm. and you wouldn't have the rest of the thread so influenced by somebody kind of taking a shit in it
3: not only that, but it also kind of uh, – it also puts a red mark on them for being a douchebag. Yeah. Where you're looking to go, oh, that guy probably it's said like something this shitty. It's like the
2: scarlet letter of douchebaggery, <laughs> the fact that you've been disemboweled. So that, that, that's what disemboweling was.
3: Do you think there's any positive thing to take away from the negativity that happens on the website – and I mean on the on the <laughs> internet and the dismissive nature of – I mean for me, it's, it's always the dismissiveness when people are just like, that fucking retarded. And you're like, God – Really? Like this person did make a thing and, you know, you just dismiss it like not even going to give it a chance.
2: I I don't know. I think maybe the takeaway is that human beings suck. I, I don't know. <laughs> but but then it's that's not true at all, because every day people on boing boing. I, I'll, I'll use boing Boeing an example not because I'm pimping it because it's my yeah. my nose is up it all day. <laughs> but, but people will share wonderful things. They'll extend stories. They'll they'll point me to sort of an extension of something that I didn't know about, or they'll they'll share like life experiences that are incredible. You know, you'll post some random thing about like. I don't know some some weird video of like seeing Iggy Pop in the 1970s and somebody'll say I was there at that show and let mm. me tell you about what happened afterwards and uh um, I've I will upload something to YouTube that I've oh, saved wow. on VHS in my basement for 10 years that that shit happens every day and it's awesome and it it it's the antidote to the cruelty which which is so prevalent,
3: and I guess I guess it just you just have to take the good with the bad. You just you, have to, you just have to take the good with the bad, and in that in, in, in in that in that, in that instance, take them all, and there you have <laughs> the facts of life. <laughs> um, but, but I I I do uh, yeah. I, I guess within a community, there's I, mean, I just think that hatred motivates more people to speak up than positivity. Nah. You don't think so?
2: Well, hatred motivates me to respond which is the lame thing
3: doesn't it suck the way i do if this somebody thing, says, i, know I, how I love
2: this thing you did i love you i love boing, boing. i love this idea that's floating around anything positive that like should stroke your ego and make you feel pretty inside yeah i'm silent but if somebody says you're an idiot or this is wrong or look at you fucked up the punctuation right there yeah I'm like, ah!
3: i guess i guess that's because uh I think if you grew up nerdy, what what you have is what you have is control over your mm. mind. Yeah. you know you have control over you, this sort speak of speak
2: for yourself. <laughs>
3: yeah. I don't mean I don't mean I don't mean emotional control over your mind. I mean it's just like like you know whereas a, a like a, a classic jock type or you know someone who's not smart would just punch someone in the chest. Mm. A nerd's power is like I am I am going to I'm going to knock you off your I'm gonna knock you off Actually, your. Actually, the
2: square root of 64 isn't five.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So it's like it's funny that we have this whole culture of nerd bullies now. Yeah. When when nerds were never, ever, ever, never meant to be bullies in my in my. Maybe idea. the
2: jocks were right.
3: They might have been. They were. They were. They knew what would happen. They were trying yeah. to. They were trying to quell the impending. Uh, nerd bully revolution because being bullied by a nerd is way fucking worse
2: than a kick in yeah. the nuts
3: yes because they'll get in your goddamn head and under your skin and they'll taunt you And I don't
2: even have nuts and, and I can tell you that it is <laughs> definitely
3: worse and they'll provide supporting evidence jocks don't provide supporting evidence they just <laughs> kick your throat just cause yes a nerd will write a dissertation and, and dis- dismantle you. With, with yeah. links. With links. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my well, God. So he's, I guess he's right. He's like proven the, this. The guy, that's,
0: the guy that's been doing all the reviews of the uh, Star Wars prequels. Mm. Just like, you know, like no one else would take the time to tear apart something. No one would take, you know. Oh, like I
1: watched a, them, too, and it's like an hour and a half of my life. It's, it makes those movies worth it mm. to have
0: that guy tear apart those movies.
2: Well, there's a joy in that. I feel like that's fair game. Yeah. Because I didn't mm. make those movies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true you do you do rebel in uh like just seeing people being torn apart that, other you know, people other people being torn mm. apart but i think
3: i think i think you're a perfect example of of the a, a great balance of what nerd culture should be and i and i think that people don't know you should definitely follow you on twitter uh thank uh, you chris it's uh, uh it, it's your full name right because i've been following you for for, for so long x. or is it just x e n i j r j a r d i n
2: x e n i j a r d i n excellent
3: and do you have any uh, cuz i'm i'm sure a lot of people look up to you uh <laughs> do you have any they I'm do tall? a lot of, no a lot of yes that too but a lot of, a lot of young nerds look up to you cuz you know um, you you get to you you you, you kind of live, live live this Glorious nerd fantasy life where you get to, you know, you get to do the things you want to do and you get to report about it and it's you get really to life. expose people to cool things. So, yeah. you know, are you, are you asked the question like, how do I get involved? What do you, you just, what do you tell people?
2: You just do it and you do it even when it becomes hard work or tedious or not glamorous because a lot of times, like 99% of the time, it's it's still work. Yeah. You just You just do it. Just do it.
3: Do it. <laughs> Sponsored by Nike. Do it. Oh my serious. God! You're I good. wish you. you, you don't. I wish you, we were. You don't
2: wait for opportunities. You 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 just get out there and create opportunities.
3: You kind of have to, yeah. especially I mean, now. Like,
2: I, everything I say right now, like everything that's coming out of my mouth, sounds all motivating, but it's it's true, isn't it? I mean, you've done the same thing. That's that's like that's sort of the story of your life too, isn't it?
3: I, I don't know, I guess. You just kind of find ways to <laughs> work, on, work on stuff. You, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, uh, we're we're working on something together, and she said, boy, it sure would be great to work, you know, to finally work on something that, you know, that we all really like. And I was like, you know, I, I like everything I work on. You know, maybe
2: yeah. it's not um, something to look up to. Maybe it's not something that's a laudable uh, character trait. Maybe it's a character flaw that... Uh, I have a low tolerance for things that are not awesome.
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and,
2: that, and, that, and that you and and you as well, gentlemen, uh, all have the same loathsome character flaw. And that is why we're it might here enjoying
0: this. Yeah. So, in, exactly. my, in my head, it's like, what else are you going to do yeah. than do the things you want? Yeah, You know, like, I can't imagine doing anything else.
1: Well, you could work at a genius bar.
0: Okay, you know what? Hell <laughs> yeah. Way to bring it all to Don't a screeching halt. Don't get
3: fired hole. yet. I can't. Wait till I can start paying you before oh, right, before sorry. you get fired. No, do you lessons. work
1: at a genius bar?
3: No. Oh. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he did book Edit. earlier today. No. Edit. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. Yeah, I, I, my, you know, my my answer to this person who said, like, how are you able to do that was, I don't know. I think I just turned down stuff I don't want to do. <laughs> I think I just turned down stuff I don't like. Yeah. So it's a powerful move. No is a very power, powerful word, and it's not – I'm not a power player by any means. I just – like you said, like I have a low tolerance now for putting energy into things that I don't like. It's just like, why do that? I don't fucking have time. I don't have time and, and I will – because what will happen is – I'll start to do something I you – ever, you ever audition – not audition, but you ever um, – you interview for something or you try to get a job but you didn't really want it to begin with. Then they turn you down and then you still beat yourself up about it? Yes, all the time. It's like why get involved in that game at all? Yeah. Because yeah. you're going to get – you're going you're gonna to try to do the best job that you can do, hopefully, and then you know, if it's something you don't care about, and something that just kind of flounders, and you're going to beat yourself up for something you hate.
2: I I, I would say actually that one of the reasons that I'm so grateful to have a, a self-made platform, I think it's fair to call Boing Boing that. Yes, is that I can't stand rejection, and it I, I I don't know how people like working actors in Los Angeles. I don't know how they wake up every day and not kill themselves because well, the, like, a lot my, of us used to drink a lot. Yeah. <laughs> It sucks so bad to to have some talent and to have some reason for being alive in the world and, and to be told you're not right. Well, you are right for something, and maybe if you can create it.
3: That's yeah, or you're not well, you're not leading man enough. Like that that was that was one yeah. I always loved hearing. Yeah, that's exactly why I you know started the podcast, the websites, the stand up, yeah. it's all stuff that I can control and no matter <laughs> no matter what.
2: Just like so, the voices inside my mind.
3: That I'm working yeah. on. I am working on that. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry you had to <laughs> Wait, be what? present for that. I was just having a moment um Jenny I, it was such a pleasure to have you on. I'm so glad we finally had you on uh, It's uh, an
2: honor. I'm a huge fan.
3: I am a huge uh, listen we're gonna mm. we're gonna slobber all over each other because it's i i, I too <laughs> I too am a huge More fan <laughs> no, it, was, it, it there is was so
2: much slobber that I had to slurp
3: because <laughs> I'm like I hang out with comics all the time, so when I you know like when I get to hang out with You know, people like you and Adam Rogers, who's my friend from Wired and, you know, and Mm -hmm. and John Hodgman and people like that that are Mm. like, oh, you guys are genuinely this Merlin man. You guys are genuinely the smartest people I've I know. It is true. And it makes me it makes me happy to even just be standing kind of near that.
2: The smart particles do rub (laughs) off.
3: Oh, I keep hoping that's true. I keep hoping that's true. Do you follow Merlin on uh, on Twitter? I do at Hot Dogs Ladies.
2: I, I follow his work, and I'm a huge <laughs> fan of his work. He
3: he he's not a comic. He may be one of the funniest people I know. It's so true. I don't. His mind works in such a way that I am jealous of it. You know,
0: surprisingly funny Twitterer Steven Weber from Wings. Hmm. <laughs> you you enjoy Stephen Weber? Yeah, he's really he's a really funny joke writer. You would have no idea that he was, but he is.
3: Well, let's all follow him too. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to check in with this Weber business, and then we'll bring that up on the next episode. (laughs) This better be gold, Joan Ray. It is, it is. (laughs) You've never (laughs) led me astray before.
0: He also, yeah, he's he's, he's very funny. Very funny.
3: All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming in. I think the mic sounded good. I'm excited. I hope that these... Uh, this facility is older in the sense that it's all newfangled microphones, but it still records directly onto an audio CD. All A what?
2: Our, All our coughs were silent.
3: All the coughs yes. were silent. Some of them, but the sneezes got through. Starry. What? happens if we ever run over seventy-two
1: minutes? What? What happens if we ever run over seventy-two minutes? I
3: think these are eighty. Okay. And those these are seventy-four because that's the what the length of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Is that how? The
2: ten point five Symphony.
3: That's how they decided the length of the CD. Like the head of Sony was like, How long is Beethoven's ninth symphony? But in Japanese. (laughs) And uh and they it was you said tenth? Uh and they said it's seventy four. He said it's seventy four they said it's seventy four minutes, and he was like, make it so. Because he was a Star Trek fan. Engage. I made up half of that, but there is truth. There are truth nuggets in there as well. And isn't that what we hope this podcast provides? They tasted good. A lot of bullshit with a little bit of truth truth nuggets. Uh Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. And
1: enjoy boy, your, your burrito.
3: burrito. That's something we say on the podcast.
2: Disfruten su burrito. Whoa! Whoa! Di- di- Disfruten sus burritos. Oh!
3: <laughs> Brain boner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if you're listening in Canada, enjoy your poutine. <laughs> <laughs> now
4: leaving nerdist.com enjoy your burrito
3: i feel like i was blindsided because it's the competition show from the producers of jury duty and the bachelor we have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window